get back to some normalcy, bringing some of the neighbor association business on the front end, but then also kind of listen to feedback that we had from the jury meeting, thanks to all that came out in December, and just have a real, real conversation among ourselves um, about the neighborhood in general and potentially how that plays or interacts with, with jury and a potential development in the Northwest corner. So I want to kind of leave it strange and abstract for now, and we'll get into some of those questions toward the end of the, uh, the session, or middle. So first up, we have Officer Slate, Crime and Safety Report. Thanks, Vince. Hi, folks. Hope everybody's having a good New, Year, new Year's so far. Um, the neighborhood, as far as uh, uh, major crime, has been, has been uh, pretty, pretty quiet. We did have an incident on Taylor, uh, a shooting. Um, but that is the only thing that has come up, whether it be assaults, burglaries, uh, robberies uh, of that nature. The one area, and this is kind of coming back from the fall, is we're getting a lot of car break-ins on Manchester. We're up like, we got 15 already this year. And the majority of them, uh, I, looked up, I looked up the incidents individually, and 10 out of the 12 were in the evening hours, and eight of them were on Manchester, a couple up on Shogo. So, um, I know that there is secondary patrols at, in the evening, on the weekends, and Thursday, I believe. Um, you have a beat car. Um, it's just a really, really prime area for people to come to uh, as an entertainment area. And that is unfortunately going to draw in the, the thieves. Um, but as we move on with a lot of the camera work around here, getting them all synced in, the ones that can with the real-time crime center downtown, that should help because sometimes if the, if the detective is looking right at a certain area that's been uh, pretty, pretty warm, been getting a lot of action, a lot of crimes, They'll look around, they'll say, hey, there's somebody in that parking lot not going to cars, things of that nature. That's where they can dispatch and, you know, maybe stop before it happens or at least uh, make an arrest if it had just happened. Uh, these are crimes of opportunity, and except for the ones up on Shoto, most of these victims weren't from the area. So it, 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 it's, it's a situation that we want to get a grasp on pretty quick because that, you don't want that to damper the enthusiasm for the area. Um, but that is about the only thing going on. We have a new captain. Uh, I think I mentioned that last uh, December, last month, um, Captain Marks. Uh, and she would be delighted to come to one of your meetings. So maybe I'll shoot you maybe another month or two. Kind of give you her idea of what she would like to do in running the district. Um, she is very, uh, very open to overtime, getting officers out there, being very visible, and uh, contacting with the, the community, with community leaders, with all the persons and whatnot. She has a pretty uh, open uh, email address that uh, citizens can con uh, contact her. But that's about all I have for tonight. Any questions? Hey, I was going to answer. Yes. Uh, for the police department? Yeah. Um, you know what? I haven't been on it for a while, so I don't know whether they're up 
updating it or not. It used to come out from the city and it would, it would you know, say things yeah. going on. Um, because in the, I just want to point out in, in the Rise properties on Norfolk and Swan, there was a lot of domestic, a lot of violence. Well, we had what, but there was actually a domestic call today on Swan. But why um, does it never show up here? I was over at uh, Wells Rizzo and they well, for, it's really early in the year, so a lot of them. Well, I can kind of answer that. So the, the, if you report crimes through the app, it, it goes to the real-time crime center, and it may or may not be seen. So it, it's not logged like a 911 call. So you need to call 911 if there's an issue. Uh, that was something that Sam Dotson put out that app, and it's, it went to real-time crime, and they would do what they could. But it's not the official logging system. Ron's correct that also the numbers you see here are actual incidents. There's a report taken, there's an investigation being done or, or has been done. So a lot like we might get a domestic call where we go and there's there's two people that are having it out or you know, what have you and and let's say peace is restored without, you know, there, there, there's no crime, there's no assault, there's no property destruction and, and well that's not gonna show up. That'll show us a call, you know, that we went to that that house and, and we, we keep that so you know with state laws if we have to go back within a 24-hour period then you know there's there's certain actions we have to take at that point but yeah it, just a call and what would be showing on sir was shooting a couple of ago right now they're they're um I'm sorry. Forty-five hundred show. Yeah. Okay. Uh, was it? Sure. Showed up. Okay. Yeah, it, it was a Wednesday night. I don't know if anybody knows anything about it. A little bit louder. Uh, Forty-five hundred. As, as far as the investigation is going right now, we're we're asking anybody if they have any type, think it, <coughs> a shooting scene, or if there's like shots fired, and like you're here at the night, like say tonight and tomorrow. You're walking out and you see shell casings or something to call us. We'll come out, we'll collect those to to actually process them to hopefully match them up with guns that are using some, maybe somewhere else in the city or in the area. Um, and they, they put a uh, uh, quick turnaround on that processing on that type of evidence. But uh, when something comes out with that, I will I will send it to the to the website and. That was basically my question. If there was any new information, yeah. I think maybe. Right. Okay. All right. Thanks for your time, folks. Thank you. <coughs> okay. Up next, we have Adelina with our treasurer's report. Yeah. So um, this is the first month that I have not printed out the treasurer's report to save some trades because not a lot of people were picking it up. You can still see it online, though. Um, you can see the this month as well as all the previous, I think, 24 months in comparison to where we were last. So we're just shy of having $2,000 in the bank account this year, uh, which puts us about $500 um, higher than where we were at the same time the previous year, which is really great. Thank you to everybody that made donations this past year. I think there were cash donations, and then there were a lot of other kind of in-kind donations that helped with some of the events that we put on. So both of those are appreciated, and they help us put on more events, hopefully, this year. Um, at the December meeting, we had brought up changing our dues, which are currently $10, um, and 
changing them to a $10 suggested donation, but anything above a dollar, so whatever you can pay essentially, just to make it more accessible to a variety of different residents. Um, and so we haven't voted on that, but we'll be voting on that at our next meeting, and we didn't really hear any feedback from the December meeting, so I think we'll probably all end up voting yes. Um, so if you do have any other comments, you can talk to one of us or send it to the email if, if there's some thoughts you have around that. That's it. Emily, can I ask for, yeah. is it possible next meeting for those who may not love to, and we may not get on our website often, can we bring a few of the treasurer's reports just to pass around? You can. Okay. I'd love to save trees too. I'll do five. Appreciate it. We don't have to pass that, don't we? No. Any questions for Adelina? Okay. So next on the agenda, we have our board of our board code of conduct update. So uh, two meetings ago, and this is going to be on the table. I again, in an effort to save trees, um, if you could pass it around. There are two areas that are highlighted. Um, we brought this up two meetings ago about basically bringing a, a code of conduct. Um, to the board just to make sure that they're acting ethically, reasonably, and within the neighborhood's interest. Um, there were two comments. One, folks would, would like to, wanted to see that we had some language under number eight that said, speak with one voice, comma, support all duly adopted board decisions. There was concern that the speak with one voice was too restrictive um, on board members. So we took that out. So now it's simply support all duly board appointed or board decisions. And number eight on the board members shall not, we added guest speakers to um, the list of folks that board members cannot make personal attacks to or attacks on. So we haven't voted on that yet. We told you we'd come back and tell you if we aligned with those comments and we do. So if you have any additional comments, let us know. Otherwise, I think we'll, just like the, the dues, we'll probably vote to ratify this, um, ratify, put this in to the bylaws at our next board meeting. <clears throat> any questions? I just wanted to 
profession, but also as a, um, this neighborhood needs to benefit from development. And I felt like this guy was going to benefit from us listening to uh, bowling balls flying through the air uh, and people, hundreds of people walking out of a place where we never hear anybody. Maybe we could benefit from that. So, could I, I think, I, I hear your feedback. Could we save that for kind of what we're talking about, the back end? I think that's good feedback. No, I mean, you'll have a chance to write it down. I think that's good feedback for what we're going to talk about in a bit. Um, but one clarification, this only applies to board members, not to the neighborhood association in general. So. Yeah, I think that's great feedback. We'll put that down on the, uh, the feedback. Okay, next up, infrastructure committee update. Um, I am your infrastructure committee representative. A few comments, so I left, uh, there's a Cortex Tower Grove connector project sheet on your table. If you'd like to glance at it, you may. So for that project, this is something that um, was presented to the infrastructure committee. It's basically a connector um, putting in dedicated bike lanes all the way from Tower Grove Park to uh, eventually, ideally, the Sarah connector to Cortex. So there's, it's a four year or three year, I think, plan. Um, I think there's support from several different wards, but wanted to make sure I shared that with you um, so that if you have questions, you can ask me, or again, feel free to come to the infrastructure committee meetings. If they're open to the public, we'd love to hear your comments. Um, next up, we have, we had green. Oh. Can I answer a question? Yeah. The connector project, is that more like they're putting feelers out there, or do you think this could actually get done? There's a lot of support for it. Um, I'll kind of maybe look to Alderman Rohde if you'd like to tell us maybe the, the, how serious this connector project is. Um, very briefly, it's, uh, uh, this is an out, uh, Power Road is the busiest bike route in the city, and we have, for a number of years, been thinking in terms of how to increase connectivity from the neighbors around the jobs that are in the central corridor, and begin thinking in terms of other means of, of accessing those jobs other than just driving them. So that's kind of the genesis of all this. That's connecting. Uh, that will take you from, I guess, uh, out around uh, uh, Shaw Garden all the way up to the Metro Lake stop. And there it's connected with the Great River Greenway that we'll go through. So you'll be able to take a bike from uh, Botanical Gardens all the way up to the new GRG and hop on that. And then yeah, I, mean, I think it's a great idea. I just, do you actually think that there's substance, do you think they're gonna be able to do it? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. so we have got, uh, we have got the dashing money now, uh, so the, uh, the uh, Arch to the Park group, which is largely funded by uh, Andy Taylor and, and Enterprise, they have put up some of the money and then they've asked the city, to, uh, us older people, to put some up, so we have three of us that are contributing to it. And I, what was the leverage? Something like two to three hundred thousand dollars of city money, and then we're going to get them later. Yeah, there's and there's a couple different grants that they're applying for. And I would call it highly likely at this point. 
So the, 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 the folks that are kind of part of advocating for this, so they'd come and speak with us at any time, um, that being an infrastructure committee or potentially neighbor association meeting, but um, yeah. Okay, thank you. Uh, next up, another update, uh, Green Street. So we, we know that there's the Unify Grow, which is Swan, uh, Taylor, Norfolk, a bunch of different streets in the south of Manchester. Um, if you were at the October meeting or another, the, the, I guess the substitute meeting that we had with Green Street presenting, they said they're gonna do a lot of infrastructure updates in that area as part of them uh, building or developing that area. So they just came and gave us an update on, on what those are. No real updates at this point other than they committed to come speak to the infrastructure committee and keep us engaged to make sure that we're aligning with them and we're making sure that the, the residents' concerns are being heard about infrastructure in that part of the neighborhood. There's a lot of work to be done. It was very preliminary. I went to print out what they presented, but I didn't have it. So I'll try to find it. We'll get that in the minutes um, for this meeting. Lastly, um, playground equipment in Shoto Park. Uh, it's sitting there boxed. Um, there's a lot of great work to get the, the playground equipment there. It was delivered a little early, and um, basically it's they will try to put that up shortly. The concern is that when it's that cold, they can't put the rubber down. So we're, we've kind of asked them to wait so they don't build and kids fall on concrete. So we've asked that. We don't know if that's happening. Um, we're waiting to hear back. I don't know, Fran, if you have an update. It's next on their list, so it should be done as soon as the weather clears up after their other project is done. They're in another park now, but we're next. So Did we hear on the rubber? It, yeah, as long as the weather is fine, it should be done. So. Okay. It'll all be ready by spring. Okay. And that's the only three updates I have. Any questions for me? So there's a ward capital, capital budget. Um, I don't know what the official process is. I'll look to Ron for that. Other than allocating it from the ward capital budget. Yeah, the infrastructure committee and aldermen have allocated money for tree planting. And basically, any citizen that wants a tree in front of their home that doesn't have one can request one mm -hmm. by calling the Citizen Service Bureau at 622-4800. And they'll come out and
start of that process? Or? Don't believe that WashU has any plans to move to that. I thought that was like, you know, like this, it goes back like 10, 15 years and they re-signed the lease for that park. So I know WashU was part of that, I thought, at the time of their agreement was to develop that park above the parking garage on. So this is next to Adventura, right there across from Hello. Yeah, that's a public park. It's not WashU related in any way, as far as I'm aware. I hope not. All right, if you have any questions, please let me know, but I want to get, move on to the, tonight's main deal. Um, but I am your infrastructure committee representative. Okay, um, next. So, what we wanted to do today, here, I'm gonna grab some prepared remarks, if you don't mind. Um, basically, in December 2019, uh, we had Drury and their partner, H3, come and present to the Neighborhood Association. Kind of, uh, they wanted to talk about a, an engagement process for the northwest corner of the neighborhood. Um, we had about 75 residents in attendance and they had great questions and comments. However, many residents expressed that they wanted to come and talk about, talk amongst ourselves before engaging further with jury or any other developers about what we want to talk, what we want to see from our neighborhood, what we'd like to see from that area, um, just what we feel about our neighborhood, get a good pulse. So um, since then, we've uh, met with Alderman Rohde and wanted to bring to life what all the stakeholders see as the vision for the neighborhood. This working session is the Neighborhood Association's effort to solicit that feedback. So get neighbors connected and thinking about the future and ultimately pass this feedback to Alderman Rohde and uh, other community leaders or organizations. So with that, we are going to break out into groups. So we're gonna have a little group work uh, small group work here. Dan, if you want to help me kind of get this thing set up. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've seen some. 
All right, so you have some pieces of paper. Let's see this survey here. If you don't have a piece of paper, uh, raise your hand and we'll try to shift some paper around.
Anybody else want to volunteer and read some of what they have? Don't make me pick on you. There we go. and residential with the historic preservation. Um, we like, and, and ideally this won't be lost, but we love that there's racial diversity. We love that there's LGBTQ. We love, we hope, that everyone will feel truly welcome in this neighborhood. Um, we like that it has, it's becoming, in spite of the island, it's becoming more walkable and we want more walkability. Uh, we want more green. Uh, we want to be Forest Park Southeast. <laughs> Forest Park Southeast. We want continuity with Forest Park. We want more continuity. We don't want to lose that bridge. Uh, that, that was a nervousness with the Drury development. Uh, we need to connect with Forest Park. Uh, we love the connectivity with Metrolink, with biking, and we want more bike access too. Um, something I added, oh, we need more trees, um, <laughs> especially with the, especially with the new development, we need mixed income. Um, I think I added, we didn't talk about this, we need a grocery store. Yes. yes. Trader Joe's time. Thank you. Um, anybody else would like to volunteer, read some or all of what they have? We have about six more minutes until we move on to the next prompt, so. Yeah, go ahead. We, we said affordable home ownership. Okay. Um, 
wash you. I didn't say anything good or bad. Um, taking care of neighbors. Uh, multiracial and diverse. Yeah. And home health. You know how I said home repairs for existing residents? Also, keep property taxes low for people who want to stay. Because the development doesn't really do you any good if you're, trying, if you're staying and you can't stay in Thank Anything you. Else? Anybody else? We have five more minutes, guys. Maybe, maybe four. Anybody else have something written down that hasn't been shared yet? The last street folder. Yeah. The barriers that have been there for years has been carried on the hotel, but hmm. it seems that the neighborhood has stabilized a little bit, maybe, and it has more access to the street to be able to do that. Hmm. I, I just okay. want to point out, if you've heard something and you agree with it, please write it down. Yeah. So we will be collecting these at the end of the day. Um, but what we'll transition to next is the second part of this prompt. And some of you guys kind of touched on it already. Um, so kind of use this discussion as a facilitator or a transition into this prompt. Um, we'll do about the same. We'll have about 10 minutes of brainstorming, you guys talking to one another, writing down your own thoughts. I read it last time. And then uh, we'll ask for volunteers to share those out, and we will then um, kind of collect them um, and distribute them to officials.
Alright, so we'll give you guys about 10 minutes. Um, What map do they want?
that development would literally be blocking that, that sun in the western uh, sky at that time of the day. So we would have this new, this new object kind of introduced there. Um, also, it would be a loss of green space. Uh, it wouldn't necessarily be connected to the neighborhood from what we could tell from what they want to do. It, it would have an access road that would kind of cut it off from the neighborhood, so we'd end up with something like, you know, Aventura, where it's got a fence between it and the neighborhood. It just doesn't feel like it's part of the neighborhood. Um, we didn't like that it would be catering to uh, people with money, but not necessarily to residents. Um, a hotel doesn't really serve people who already live here. Uh, and we can't think of anybody that we know that's ever been to the home two suites that's over there. So we already have a hotel and we kind of know how it serves the neighborhood. And it doesn't really. Um, and then we discussed how it would affect us personally. And uh, we have a couple of people who are actually living on Wichita who uh, they discussed their development might go down to. Um, it would affect our access to WashU, the Central West End, Forest Park, the Metrolink. Uh, that would be hugely impactful because that's, that's mainly where you know, our lifeblood is. We, we, we work there. I know I work at WashU, so I, I commute through there every day. Uh, and um, yeah, I think that's about it. Cool. Um, and There's, there's concern that, that the Drury's, uh, they fund a PAC that donates very heavily to conservative causes, uh, anti-LGBTQ causes, um, things, that, things that this neighborhood does not stand for. Uh, it's, it's not inclusive, and we don't want money that's made in our neighborhood going to that. They donated to Roy Moore after the Washington Post article came out. I, I just, like, I see it as kind of a Anybody else? We have about seven minutes, so please, um, yeah, go ahead.
better and this is a step in the wrong direction. So. Thank you. Uh, yes. Yeah, my name is Daryl Dixon. I live in 45 in Constitution. My son, my mom, found right here. So he's been a neighbor since 79. What I would like to see, I'm not for or against the hotel. I would like to be able to come with some specified plans and say this is what we want to do, and then we have another meeting. They have to have some kind of plan that says this is what we're doing. Basically. Instead of saying, we don't have any plans, we don't have a plan B, uh, we don't know what we're doing yet. They have to know something. They have to have a plan. I'm sure they have drawings. They have to have all that stuff for them to come to us and present something. They wouldn't just do that on a limb and say, oh, we don't know what we're going to do. So we need that done. And also, we need to pressure them about their buildings on King's Highway because that's the interest to our neighborhood to do something with them. Make them look better. Even if they're going to tear them down later on, they need to fix them up and do something. Not livable, but just make them look better like somebody does live in it. Yeah. Um, so probably this has already partially been said, but um, <coughs> my perspective of Drury, I've, I've been in the neighborhood since 84. I went to that meeting in 2007 or 8 when they originally proposed it. And my, my gut sense is that, you know, this thing is going to overshadow our neighborhood. It could lose, you know, it could lose our charm. We could lose our charm. We could, this could be a barrier between us and Forest Park, and we are Forest Park Southeast. And we could lose that continuity. We could um, be isolated in a way that will be way more of an island, like you mentioned earlier. So I'm, I'm just concerned physically about that barrier. Yeah, go ahead. One thing, why don't we have that in platform in front of us at all times? Like they build on speculating on. Isn't that what they're building a speculating on? Glory and whatever they're doing? Why don't we have that? Or does it make sense to be that neighborhood layout? So we can see where all the intersections are. And the same things that they're working with and cutting, cutting new folks off. Because as a, even as a young man, when I used to ride jog all the way to Forest Park Junior College, I thought I was smart enough to be in college. You can tell, I found out very quickly, but um, you can tell the way, that the way the neighborhood was laid out, that when they built those houses, those, those people built, built their dwellings because they were proud and happy to be close to Forest Park. Yeah. Because they camped in Forest Park my grandfather said mm -hmm. that when, they, when there was no air conditioning, they camped. Yeah. Yeah. That river to Perry went completely, was completely usable when that park was built. So that was like, uh, really had a, like a village at, had a village atmosphere that would have been, you could go there and fish. I mean, it, 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 I but anyhow, stuff's yeah. in there now. But I'm saying you can tell that they want to keep that accessibility, and they mm -hmm. put in, they knew what they had, and they then that's when you saw the little bungalows with the extra tile and the terracotta. We can afford that because we've got something here. We have additional access that makes mm -hmm. it look. And if you put a big highway up there, I don't want. 
I'm going to tell you what it's going to look like. It's going to be a middle class project. You ever hear of Tour Dial? Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah, we're just trying to work around the room. Um, I know Dan, you raised your hand along other people. I mean, well, that's what, that's what November, December's meeting was about, and that's what we're trying to help facilitate in a way tonight. So, yes, but thank you. Yes. contributions. 
that really bothers me, um, and that's something that we really need to think about. But in terms of what they're planning to do, my neighbor, Rosabeth, said that she comes out of her house here, and I live right next door, and she looks up here and she sees the sun setting. Do you think a hotel is gonna block this whole area? When I look up the street, I see the sun setting and it's beautiful. I see the planetarium. I also see, every day, the traffic on King's Highway. It's the busiest north-south street in our city and probably uh, pretty much the whole area. I walked to the Metrolink and came home from the Metrolink every day for the past uh, over 10 years. So I walked through this area every day. This was not taken care of. This just sat. Now it's a little bit taken care of because Washington U owns it. But if you have a committed business using this space in a way that meets their needs and meets the neighborhood's needs, we've had a big jump up. I'll just say one other thing, two other things real quickly. One, the employment that a project like that would bring to this neighborhood. Construction work for a period of time, and we could certainly work with them to try to make sure that people in this neighborhood get some of those construction jobs. And then the ongoing employment, including for people that, who have jobs that are at a middle level, not high class jobs, but jobs that if we want to keep a diversified neighborhood, we need to be able to offer a diversified range of jobs. This hotel, better than many other employers, is going to be able to do that. I had another point. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> All right. Do you know about the land um, ownership, how that was transferred to the Metro Link? Was it from Mogot to WashU, and then they made uh, sell it to Drury? I, I don't, I think, I think you know that better than I do. Yeah, um, so Mogot owned the land ever since they took, there used to be a big cloverleaf interchange there, uh, and then they switched it to what it is now, uh, and kind of ceded that land just to be open again. Uh, so Mona on that land, and then back in uh, 2012, was it or so, um, they yeah. decided to put it for sale, they put it up for auction, and Washington University's uh, Development Corporation bought it at auction. So that's why WashU currently owns it, and they were looking for people to develop that land, uh, and the Drury's have put in bids to, to be the ones to do that. Just as a footnote on that real quick, though, you can tell that those used to be complete city blocks, so before it was even in here. I said, uh, you can tell that those used to be complete city blocks, yeah. so before it was even the Cloverleaf, it was about 90 homes, and those 90 homes were taken through eminent domain. So we have about, sorry, we have about three more minutes. Uh, I want to get through as many people as possible. Um, I know you've, you both had your hand raised, or you do. Yeah. Um, see, uh, I'm just wondering, and I don't think that Drury is the best company. I'm not against development. I am right next to the blue block on Gibson. I'm the last house standing in the plan. 
I don't, not against development, but I don't think Drury is the best person to develop that property. Um, they've shown us that they don't want to take care of the buildings. They don't want to do anything for the neighborhood. They're actually trying to bring the neighborhood down. And I don't think we should give them the opportunity. We should knock back the Drury's. I think if there's someone else that wants to develop it, and I don't know if WashU has had any other <coughs> people coming in. I mean, I don't work for that for a long time. Right. So. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I, I just don't think Drury should be developing our neighborhood. Look at what they did in Collinsville. They have an Illinois, they have, one of their workers told me this, they have a bad track record. They did the same thing. They bought a bunch of buildings set on demolition by collect. And basically, you know, it's, they have a very bad track record of doing a similar project in Collinsville, according to one of their workers, and he told me some horror stories. I mean, I 100% agree, the development's not a bad thing, it's gonna happen, we're all sentimental, but sure, it's gonna happen, but the benefits that hotel brings, a few, you know, a few jobs at best, and I, it doesn't, okay, it doesn't bring anything. And then, that's really the most prominent corner that could be built on the city of St. Louis, I think, right now. And I don't think a Drury Hotel, I mean, you've never seen Drury Hotels. Even if it's a not, little bit nicer one, it's not gonna look like it fits in that, on that corner. So we are going to wrap it up. Um, thank you guys for taking the time to write your thoughts and your feelings. Um, I know it was a good hour and I hope it was very helpful to you guys. It's, it'll be very helpful to us and to um, the people we will, we will be sharing this with, like, Alderman Rody. Um I can just jump in yeah. there. So one of the things that we heard from the last meeting we had <coughs> was that you guys didn't have an opportunity to have your voices heard. That's something that is extremely critical to this process because we represent the neighborhood. We are the neighbors. This wouldn't be here if it wasn't for us. It's not a community without the people that are involved. Um, so this exercise was not supposed to be us versus them. It was really supposed to highlight the things that we love about the neighborhood, the things that, we, that brought us to the neighborhood, the things that bring us together right now because we're talking about trees, we're talking about how we access the park and enrich our lives. Those are the things that are really important to us as community members and as stakeholders, and we need to keep those at the forefront. But the most important thing to take away from this moment tonight is that you had an opportunity to talk to your neighbors one-on-one -on -one and listen to what they had to hear. Because if we don't listen to each other, we're not gonna get very far. So I just wanna thank you all for participating in this exercise. I know it's not always comfortable, but it's critical to keeping a community together. Thank you. Thank you. What a building. Um, Vince, closing remarks. Oh, I didn't, I didn't have anything else. I think Sarah wrapped it up well. The, the only thing I will add, though, this is, back to kind of Dan's comment earlier, this is the, the first step in the process. Uh, there needs to be ongoing communication and a process where Drury or whatever developer uh, wants to build on that land needs to change the neighborhood. So, <coughs> I appreciate you guys coming out and being part of our process. Thank you.